Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Alright everyone and welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. I'm Robert here as always with Dustin. Dustin, how are you doing on this fine Sunday? I'm doing okay, Rob. I did a, not to brag, but I worked out a couple days ago (laughs) and I'm dying. My legs hurt a lot. I groan every time I sit down so I sound like an old man and uh, it's a little embarrassing because I need to do this more often. But I can't do anything right now because I, I hurt all <laughs> over. So that's that's how I'm doing. Uh, how about you? How's how's your week going? It's good, man. It's good. Just relaxing a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll hit the office later today, but mm-hmm. so far no office. So it's been good. That's good. That's yeah. good. All good things. And uh, but it was a slow week, kind of for UVA basketball. We had two blowout wins against two really really bad teams in the ACC. So not a lot to talk about this week, but we are going to do. Uh, something a little bit different. We're going to do a ACC power rankings episode. And so what we're going to do, we're going to talk about first uh, the games a little bit. We're going to uh, talk about what we saw, what we like. We're going to do a Jay Huff segment as always. And then we're going to get into the power rankings. And we're going to just tell you straight up what we think the power rankings are for the ACC, who the best teams are, who the worst teams are. And then that middle section, that's always kind of awkward because it's hard yeah. to do. <laughs> It's hard to do. But first, uh, we're going to start off with the talking about the games against Wake Forest and against Notre Dame, and we played those on Tuesday and Saturday. And Rob, what was what were your thoughts from those games, the takeaways? Yeah, I mean, well, you just showed me this like literally right before we started recording. If you go to the Ken Palm and click on the game for the UVA Wake Forest and just see their win probability, it started at maybe like 97% in favor of UVA. It was 98.7. And then it was just a flat line at basically 100% the entire rest of the game. So, I mean, 25 to 3 start, you know, it was obviously a great game. It's not like Wake Forest is anything special right now. They're 8 and 11, 1 and 6 in the ACC. You know, you, you do what you're supposed to do, and that's mm-hmm. what happened against Wake Forest. I don't know. What do you think about I mean, the game? I just. It makes me realize how spoiled I am as a UVA fan now and how spoiled a lot of UVA fans are because it's like, ah, like we could have we could have played better. We could have played better against this team. It's like we beat them by 
what 23 and we held them to 45 points like there's not a lot like there's not much more you can ask from a team like that like uva twitter has stopped being like try to defend the team we're not boring it's turned into like oh how lucky are we like (laughs) appreciate this these are the glory days like you know it's we're we're sensitive fan base i think but (laughs) we are a little bit sensitive but i think it's That's true okay. though it's true you know kill kill an acc team comes, by 23 points it comes from a place of passion yeah <laughs> maybe a little insecurity mm-hmm. i think i think we'll be better god i hope we'll be better come march at least as a fan base if we we just need to win some games man in march that's what this season has always been about um yeah and so i think the the season is no longer you know let's make it to number one let's let's show everyone how good we are this season is now about Let's not screw up again. Yeah. And I think that's what everyone's kind of afraid of is like right now it's like, okay, like a 20 point win is nice, but can we pull that out yeah. against a 16 seed in March? So, well, that will uh, remain to be seen. But what I want to talk about is how the game flowed against Wake Forest. And we started, we went off to a really, really quick start. You know, we were 25, 25 to three, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Uh, the game was basically over at that point anyway. Um, and the team kind of, I felt like, slacked off a little bit uh, for the next 10 minutes of the first half. And Wake was only down by like 13 at halftime. Uh, it was 23 to 36, so 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't feel, and it felt like they could have maybe gotten back into it if they had made some shots or tried a little bit harder. But I felt that you know, UVA kind of came out a little bit flat. And I think that's to be expected against a team like Wake Forest, who's really bad this year. And we're going to talk about them later a little bit. But I, I don't think that it's really anything to worry about. I just think it's something to notice that it's hard to get up for a game like this, especially when you play, you know, they might even be looking forward, you know, because we had Wake and then Notre Dame, and then we play Miami. Oh, no, no, sorry. We play NC State yeah. and then Miami and then Duke the week after. And then Duke. Duke Duke UNC, which is, you know, that week, that two-day turnaround, which is tough. But I think that, you know, we did come out strong, and we finished strong too. So the final score, we won by 23. And I thought it was just a really good showing from a lot of guys who, you know, might not play nearly as much, but uh, especially if we're talking about, you know, Jay Huff had a really good game against Wake Forest. He had 12 points in 13 minutes, which is incredible yeah he was three of five from two one of one from three and he only had two fouls so he had a really good game and I thought this was a game where he really could showcase what he can bring to the table yeah and like going back to your original point like I'm not concerned at all uh, you know how the rest of the game went after we were up 25 to three mm-hmm. I mean the game was never really in doubt before you know they tipped the ball off mm-hmm. and then 25 three run to start the game I was like all right everyone knew it was over yeah. you know it's just it's hard to maintain leads and maintain dominance like that. You even mm-hmm. saw that last night, you know, Virginia Tech against Syracuse. Like, Virginia Tech just scorched them in the first half. And yeah. Syracuse hung around, but it's hard to, like, maintain that level of dominance the over energy. 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah the it, energy. Especially, like, even I, even against Syracuse, I think, like, you know, Tech kept the energy up. They did a really good job of of staying in the game and staying focused. But I feel like this Virginia team is just kind of, like, yeah. yawn like whatever well, like, it's over at, yeah you look at the score it was 36 23 at halftime and then we outscored them 32 to 22 on the second half mm-hmm. so even as we say this we won the second half by 10 points yeah so i mean like 
you know, it was a good showing. Um, you know, we'll we'll hit Jay Hoff in our Jay Hoff segment, but this was the first game this week, and the second one had the same thing. We had five guys score in double figures. Uh, different players scored in double figures each game, too, which is kind mm-hmm. of interesting. But against Wake Forest, Cal Guy, DeAndre Hunter, Mamadi Diakite, Ty Jerome, and Jay Huff all scored 10 or more points. So, I mean, like, I, I don't really know if we want to nitpick out this game. This was a great game. You know, a lot of people played, and I'm, I'm we did nit- what we were supposed to do against a good team. I'm not nitpicking. The only thing I would say is that Kihei didn't have a great game. Yeah. He had four fouls, no points, uh, one turnover, no assists. So not a great game for him. Uh, he did play 17 points. I think he did He did, did a, do a really good job on um, playing defense on their uh, best player, Brandon Childress, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, was held to 12 points on a three of nine shooting from three two. So he had a bad day shooting. But Kia not so great on the offensive end. But, and this is a big but, he had a really good game against Notre Dame yeah, on the I offensive mean, end. Let's just transition this let's over transition. because that's what I was going to say. Yeah. He played 27 minutes against Notre Dame, mm-hmm. scored 12 points. You know, he attempted nine field goals. Yeah. Like, that's the most aggressive offensively I think we've seen him in mm-hmm. at least a month. Like, you know, it was a great game, great showing for him. You know, mm-hmm. hit two or two free throws, hit two three-pointers. And uh, what, did he have any personal fouls? He had think? no fouls, one no. assist, one steal, no turnovers, yeah. one rebound. Yeah. So, I mean, he did a really good job of finding his spots. He, he, he blew past some guys. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I think this was a game where he could get his confidence back a little bit and uh, show what he can do. And if if he can score twelve points in a game, like good God, like yeah, just have that luck. in your back pocket. Good luck, America. Like because <laughs> especially next year, if he can um, more consistently get his shot, his three point shot down, mm-hmm. like my God. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like right now, he's shooting fourteen for forty three from three on the season. That's thirty two point six percent. In high school, he was about forty percent three-point shooter and mm-hmm. obviously you know like different level in college different speed bigger players not to mention he was playing with a broken bone and his wrist for a couple games right. like but he shot know. he shot 50 percent today so yeah he uh i think he's starting to get his confidence back that's a good bounce back game too especially for a freshman you know mm-hmm. confidence is everything and kihei did, definitely does not lack confidence no but it's always good to keep it up there you know well, where, where you can see it i liked it like because like quite frankly he was kind of hesitant against duke at mm-hmm. least finishing like yeah. he would get past this guy but he would be like he wouldn't be looking to score after he got in the lane and we talked about yeah that too. so i mean it was it was good to see kind of like that aggressiveness come mm-hmm. back yeah and especially uh and to show that you know he doesn't need to be like a huge distributor of the ball uh you know ty had six assists kihei only had one so he he's a good player even when he's not you know distributing the ball as much as he is and of course he still had a really good defensive yeah. game as well and he's still like a three-star freshman mm-hmm. like it's just the fact that we're getting these type of minutes out of him mm-hmm. is you know way 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 more than i ever expected coming into the season yeah um and i want to start our jay huff segment right now because right. i want to talk about jay huff in the wake game and jay huff in the notre dame game and even though uh Against Wake, he had 12 points mm-hmm. in 13 minutes. And against Notre Dame, he only he played 10 minutes, had two points, uh, only made one of five field goals, one foul, only one, uh, two rebounds, sorry, mm-hmm. and one assist, one block. So he didn't play not his best game by any means, but he's just coming off the stretch of four or five games where he's had been incredible in the limited amount of time that he's had. So... He was definitely down or due for a down game, mm-hmm. I would say. And by down, I mean like 
he didn't dunk on someone or <laughs> hit a three yeah. or anything, you know. But I, I want to say that I think it's interesting because I want to point out something specific. And this was at the end of the half when Tony called a timeout. Yeah, I was going to bring this up. And I was talk- Rob, me and Rob were watching the game together, and I said, Rob, I think Jay's going to come out of the timeout, and they're going to do a pick and pop for Jay. I don't remember what you said. I don't remember if you agreed with me. I probably did. You were just I, like, okay. I probably wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> and <laughs> that's what happened. But that, that's exactly what happened. I think it was interesting because Tony called a play for Jay Huff yep. in a critical situation or a situation that could be deemed as critical. Well, like you have other shooters on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have your Kyle guys, Ty Jerome's, even DeAndre Hunter. And they called it for Jay. He so. called it for Jay. And I don't know if that was the first option, but it certainly seemed like that was the play that they wanted. It was definitely the play. Jay set the screen, rolled out, and Kihei had two men on him, passed it. It was kind of a not a great pass, but yeah. Jay got the shot off. And I thought it was nice that Tony called something for Jay, trying to get his confidence up, showing him what he can do. Mm-hmm. And I thought it that's a tell that Tony knows he's here to stay. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing. It's like we talked about last week, like, we want to see 10 to 15 minutes mm-hmm. from Jay Huff a game, not just because of the impact he can bring, but because the impact that he hopefully will bring, mm-hmm. you know, in March. Like, just having that extra guy to develop and a guy with the upside of Jay Huff is huge. And, you know, he played 10 minutes against Notre Dame. I think he played, what, 13? 13 against, against Wake. Against Wake Forest. So, you know, the minutes are coming. And one thing that stood out to me watching the game, uh, Notre Dame yesterday, is that Jay Huff as an individual on-ball defender is... Not bad. You know, he's pretty good. Remarkably, sorry, that that's not a word. Um, <laughs> much improved. Much improved. Much improved from even the beginning yeah, of this year. Yeah, I mean, even a month ago. Yeah. Like, much improved, where you still see him struggling in the pack line as him recovering. You know, mm-hmm. he'll hedge out, and then he'll run into Kyle Guy, or mm-hmm. he'll yeah. look one way or another and not know exactly where he's supposed to be. You know, it's like, you know, his awareness setting, if you wanted to do 2K, is probably still in like the 50s or 60s but or something. He, but he's able to alter shots and he's able to, to dictate, you know, how the shot's going to go yeah. in. Um, he's really good at blocking. And yeah. you brought up a really good yeah, stat. He's, so he's second on the team right now in blocks. Mamadi Diakite is number one with 21. And he's number two with 16 and like half the minutes played. I mean, you got to that, That's incredible considering that Mamadi has played so much more yeah. than Jay this year. And also the fact that Mamadi had four blocks against Notre Dame. Yeah, great, great point. I mean, he was awesome against yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah, he was great. But uh, we, we can talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> this is our J-Hub segment. So I think it's it's nice to see Jay get, he's getting those consistent minutes that we talked about, 10 to 15. He had uh, the low end and kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting for that game where he plays like 25 minutes and just, you know, rocks out and yeah. just destroys everyone. Yeah. But so it's I. coming. It's coming. Well, it, like, this was great. Like, this is what he should be doing against teams that, quite frankly, aren't this that good. Mm-hmm. And, like, we'll we'll show you what we think of these teams when we get into our power rankings here in a couple minutes. But, like... It's bad. Yeah, they're not, they're not top <laughs> of the ACC by any stretch. So, get your minutes against the bad teams. Build the confidence or at least build the awareness and the recognition and the ability to put something on tape so you can see and learn from it. And, I mean, that's what this is about. This... This whole season is about preparing for what's going to happen in about two months mm-hmm. in March. Like, that's what it's about. Yeah. And, you know, if you can have eight guys that can play instead of seven, that's big. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for our J-Hub segment. 
Yeah. And well, let's talk about Mamadi. I want to talk about Mamadi because he he has also had a kind of a coming out party against mm-hmm. Notre Dame. And uh, there was a really interesting stat I saw on Twitter, and we talked about this. I forget who's who posted it, but Mamadi has scored most of his points within the first six minutes of a half. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of weird. That's a weird stat. It's kind of awkward because Mamadi just comes out like firing, and he just like can get a lot of points really quickly. And then sometimes he falls off. Um, today, he did not quite fall off. He played 21 minutes, 10 points. He was four of six from the field, and he made his one three. He had seven rebounds, uh, four blocks, which is incredible. Only mm-hmm. one turnover. No fouls yeah. for Mamadi this game, uh, which is big. So he was playing really, really well defensively against a really good player in John Mooney. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, just see his minutes, 21 a game. That's probably right where you want him. But to me, just the field goal percentage, you know, being four or six from the field, he hit a three-pointer, which is mm-hmm. cool. But, you know, that's that's what stands out to me. It's just, like, consistency. You know, he had, what, 10, 11 points against Wake Forest. He had 10 against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Just to string together a couple good performances is good because you keep seeing with him, you know, he'll put some really good or he'll play a really good game or he'll play two or three really good games and then he'll, like, kind of take a game off. And, like, yeah, like you know, you Duke, talk... Duke was his game off. Yeah, and, and like, you talk about consistency, Duke. our big three, Hunter, Kyle Guy, and Ty Jerome. They show up each and every night, you know. Mm-hmm. One might shoot better than the other at certain given nights, but you can always count on them for 10 to 15 points a game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just kind of how they are. And like for Mamadi Diakite, I don't think he'll reach kind of that level this season, mm-hmm. but like you want to get him as close to those top three guys as you can. Yeah. And to have two consecutive games where he really, you know, strung, strung it together mm-hmm. and did some really good things, especially defensively. You talk about like no fouls, four yeah. blocks against Notre Dame. It was impressive, and it was good to see kind of that little streak he has now continue. Yeah, I think he played really well. I also want to say that Ty played really well against Notre Dame, too, uh, specifically Notre Dame. He had nine rebounds, mm-hmm. which is awesome for him. You know, he's not known for getting a bunch of rebounds, but he almost had a, a double-double with that. He had six assists, too. He did have three fouls, and I think it's really funny because every time Ty commits a foul, he makes his face like, who do you think you are that you're allowed to call yeah, a foul he doesn't on like that. No, he... <laughs> It's like every foul, you yeah. know, like, and there was a set, there was one in particular that was really like obvious. I, I don't know if he reached in or I uh-huh. think he, I think he slapped someone's arm on a, uh, down by the basket, but he just gave the ref this look like, what? <laughs> and I was like, Ty, that's, that's clearly a foul. But I think it's funny his face just whenever a foul is called on him. Yeah. And then, you know, we got to bring up DeAndre Hunter mm-hmm. too. He had 19 points, Amazing seven game. rebounds Amazing against game. Notre Dame and, what you really saw with him is they were playing a little bit of zone from time to time, too. And he, you know, hopped in the middle, zone buster, zone buster. and there was no answer. There was uh, no answer. Dre had a good game. Uh, he, he shot 13 times, which is a lot for a Virginia team, mm-hmm. uh, specifically this Virginia team. 13 times from two. From two, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was two from two three. Him. Yeah. And it, his three was weird. Like, he was off from three. Yeah. They both, like, kind of clanked off the yeah. side. I remember one wasn't pretty. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. But he had a really good game. Uh really able to show why NBA scouts are really like like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said this to you yesterday when we were watching, I was like, imagine him uh, with more space on the NBA court and yeah. just taking people one-on-one and being able to create off the dribble and finish and mm-hmm. you know all these things that he's been able to do the whole season just with more space yeah. and less people guarding him. Well, there was two plays that really stood out. One was uh, when he kind of like did the behind-the-back dribble, mm-hmm. full court, ran down, 
I think he got it in with the foul mm-hmm. on a layup. And the second was, you know, in transition again, and he did a Euro step and dunked it. Mm-hmm. I was like, Dustin, did you see that? And Dustin was, I think you were making soup. I was making something. soup, yeah. So, no. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, like, he had two legit plays. And that's the thing with DeAndre Hunter is, like, he took some time. And, like, not that he was playing poorly, but, like, he wasn't, like, going off against these, mm-hmm. like, non-conference, not-so-good teams. And yeah. now that, like, the competition has stepped up, he stepped his game up. And yeah. it's not anything that he couldn't do before, but, like, you see, like, what people like about him and mm-hmm. why he's going to be, you know, a first-round pick next year, most yeah. likely. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, to finish off our big three, Kyle had a really, really solid game. Def- um, offensively, he was 3 of 5 from 3, and he made his three two-pointers as well. So he had a really good shooting day. He was just on fire. Yeah. Like you could see it like when you can tell when Kyle is feeling it cuz he just like puts his keeps his head down and you know like makes a three and just runs back on defense and doesn't even like he yeah. like you know he's he's locked in and so um I'm excited to see what he does against the rest of the ACC and in March and I'm excited for this team. Every game I get more and more excited for where this team can go. Yeah. I mean like just look at the competition too. It's like there's not a team in America we can't beat. I think Duke was probably the toughest matchup, and yeah. we played a not-so-great game. Duke didn't play a good game either, but mm-hmm. like you saw like what we can do, what we're capable of doing, and the respect that nationally people have to give us. Like mm-hmm. it's This season is about March, yeah. but it's it's so much more than the but-UMBC thing. Right. Like It's about March, but it's it's about March because that's... like that's what we need to get to like Mm -hmm. we can dominate the regular season for so long and like people are kind of tired we were (laughs) i was talking about this it's like is virginia basketball boring again Mm -hmm. is it boring again because we keep winning like yeah like like we had two acc games this week that were like (laughs) non-conference games we keep winning by 20 and yeah like what's the fun in that yeah like are we tired of winning yet but (laughs) anyway (laughs) one more guy i want to bring up is braxton and braxton had a quiet game against notre dame and he had also a quiet game against Wake. So he, he kind of had an off off week, I would say. But he what he lacked in scoring, he scored four points in both. He did really well with rebounding. He had uh, seven against Wake, and he also had seven. No, he had six against Notre Dame. And I think he's just really consistent on the defensive end, getting mm-hmm. those rebounds, uh, not making a lot of mistakes, uh, he, we we've talked about this. His layups are kind of funky, and he, he they always seem to roll the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, but they'll fall, and he's a really consistent player for us, mm-hmm. uh, giving us a lot of minute, a lot of good minutes, and the defensive presence is really really awesome as well. You yeah. Know, he he can come in and guard really anyone on the floor, and do a really good job at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he still leads the team in rebounds. He's mm-hmm. averaging 5.7 rebounds a game, yeah. which is kind of interesting. You would think it'd be, you know, Mama Edi Akite or, or DeAndre Hunter or someone like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's Braxton Key who's leading the team in rebounds. He comes off the bench. Yeah. And he's averaging a little over 21 minutes a game, which mm-hmm. is kind of in line with what the other guys are playing. Mm-hmm. See, I would think it'd be DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter's second on the team with 5.4 rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's with about 10 more minutes played a game. He's uh, playing 30 minutes a game. So, you know, he's he's been a great addition. And, like, I said this at the beginning of the season, and I yeah. still say it, like, I don't think we're looking at the same, like, ceiling as we are now without mm-hmm. Braxton Key. Like, he's that good a player, that solid of a player, and still a high upside player. And we were watching the game yesterday, and you were like, what, what would we be doing without Braxton on, yeah. the, on the team? And I think 
I don't remember what happened. We were talking about that. Yeah, yeah. it was like, well, Marco Anthony would probably have to play. You Marco know, would probably Cody play Statman more. Cody might have had to play in limited time. Frankie would probably maybe have more minutes. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Because like he, this... he's been sick and he's just getting back now. Yeah. It's such a huge addition to our team. Just I, absolutely it changes, the season. changes yeah. the season. I think we'll look back on the season and say, thank God we had Raxton Key. Because yeah. otherwise, I don't think we would be where we are right now. Especially when we play some like really talented, really athletic Duke. wings. Yeah. To be able to put a guy like Braxton Key out there, mm-hmm. along with DeAndre Hunter, is absolutely critical. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that's all we have for those two games. There's really nothing much more to break down. We We killed both of them. Uh, the team played really well, one at home, one away. Um, and I, I'm excited to see how we do going forward, get, especially against a team like NC State on the road. And mm-hmm. NC State, we're going to get into this. They're kind of a middling team. Yeah. And they haven't won probably as many ACC games as they should have. They had that comeback win yesterday, though. They did. Cool. So, but but they're going to be looking for a signature win. Yeah, And so exactly. it'll be interesting to see how we come out, how we play them tough on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but with that, I think we're going to move into the first ever annual Guys and Ties ACC Basketball Power Rankings. And what we're going to do, Rob and I have not shown each other our lists yet, so this is going to be a secret, and we're going to uh, probably disagree on some things and agree on others. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to each say, we're going to go top down, so we're going to say 1 through 15. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll discuss a little bit with each one. Yeah. Yeah. So you ready to go? Let's do it, man. All right. Um, you start. Okay. So my first one, <laughs> it's kind of cheating. Um, I have a 1A and a 1B. Okay. And it's okay. Virginia and Duke. And I think it's really tough to say who's better right now or which team is better because mm-hmm. Virginia is playing really well. Duke has that loss against Syracuse, mm-hmm. but they also beat us. Yeah. And so it's tough to say which team is better. I think Duke played us really well, and I think that we've played everyone else really well as well. Um, I would say, right, I, this is the bias kicking in. I think Virginia is better than Duke, so I would have them as 1A. I would have Duke as 1B. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally almost did the same thing. I decided to just put them 1-2, though. I have uh-huh. EVA 1, Duke 2. Uh-huh. For me, the difference isn't so much the head-to-head because we'll see how the next head-to-head goes. And maybe some more after that. Yeah, because, you know, it was a great game. Mm -hmm. Neither team played their best game, Mm -hmm. and Duke had the home court advantage. Like, I'm not sure how Vegas split it at the end, but, like, whatever home court point advantage they give on the line was Mm -hmm. probably the difference, you know? It was the difference. It was two points. It was three-and-a-half-point spread. So, Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, so... To me, that game is almost a wash. I actually thought it was funny that I think we moved up to number one in Kempom after we lost to Duke. We did. Which yeah. is kind of interesting. Um, but to me, really the separator is that UVA is just playing so well right now against all these other teams. Mm-hmm. While Duke, you know, and they have a lot of freshmen and it is something that they're going to still have to struggle to learn how to string together good performances. Mm-hmm. And to their credit, they have played terrific together. You know, yeah. RJ Barrett, Zion Williamson... Uh, Cam Reddish even taking a back seat. Trey really. Jones. Trey Jones played back uh, again this week. But Duke, like you saw him struggle a little bit yesterday against Georgia Tech. They've struggled against uh, some other teams. They lost to Syracuse. Yeah, they were down by like six or seven yesterday against Georgia Tech at halftime, which was like very strange because Georgia Tech is not a good team yeah. at all. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I give UVA the slight edge right now. But, I mean, you're so right. It's Duke and UVA are the class of the ACC mm-hmm. right now. 
Yeah. Right now, I think it's the key, though, because I think there's yeah. other teams uh, we'll talk about here in a bit that can challenge them when they do play. I definitely think so. And I think that it's going to be interesting how Duke finishes the season, because as you said, you know, they they have a hard time stringing together good games. Uh, Duke's next games are Notre Dame and then they play St. John's at home and then they play Boston College at home before they have uh, they're at Virginia. So mm-hmm. they've got th- three pretty game or three games that they should win yeah uh probably by a good margin st john's will be interesting because they're a good team um notre dame they they should crush and boston college they should beat handily as well mm-hmm. uh but it'll be interesting to see if they can really uh focus on those games before playing virginia again yeah so do we want to talk about number three number three yes number three uh who do you have i have north carolina okay i have unc who do you have i have louisville okay so let's and, talk about this because Louisville yeah. is my number four team. Oh, I, North Carolina is my number four team. Wow. So we just kind of switched yeah. them back and forth. <laughs> um, but I think Louisville right now is playing better than North Carolina. You know, they not only did they beat North Carolina by 21 at North Carolina, but they they have also played really well against all the other teams that they've played. They beat you or they beat they beat NC State at home. They beat Pitt. They beat uh, Georgia Tech, Boston College as well, and Miami. Their only loss was at Pitt in overtime um so they played them close but i think louisville right now is playing really really well and they have this one guy jordan uh nora and he is playing really well he is a six seven sophomore um very athletic able to get to the rim he shoots pretty good from three two he's at 38 percent so uh he's he's playing well and louisville's playing really well chris mack has got this team uh coached really nicely Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think it's worth mentioning Louisville beat North Carolina by 21 points. I said that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. I was zoned out. <laughs> so I, they do own the head to head. They yeah. do own the head to head. To me, North Carolina, though, is just putting it all together. Mm-hmm. I think at the right time, you know, I thought my prediction before the season was national championship game was going to be Villanova, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And Villanova isn't looking as hot right now, Villanova but I'm not ready sucks. to give up on the North Carolina pick. Not okay. because I necessarily want it, but. I, I still think North Carolina has all the pieces to be a really, really good team. You mm-hmm. know, the senior leadership, you know, Nasir Little is starting to come on a little bit now. And they've strung together some good wins. You know, they've won, what, uh, seven of their past eight. They've won the past three in a row. And they just absolutely manhandled Virginia Tech. And, mm-hmm. you know, poor Virginia Tech, you know, they had a great win last night against Syracuse. But to have two top 10 teams in UVA and North Carolina and to get blown out by both kind of stalled them a little bit i think yeah but to me i i could flip it either way and be happy about it but mm-hmm. to me i just when it's tied i want to give the upside so i yeah. think right now i'd give the edge to north carolina you know I, I think i put louisville third just because of their scheduling mm-hmm. and yeah i'm also going to talk about unc scheduling too which is it's bs because their schedule is so easy compared to it's unbalanced yeah maybe. it's unbalanced <laughs> um but Louisville has to play uh, Virginia twice. They get North Carolina again at home. They have they have to play Virginia Tech away. They have to play Florida State away. They do get Duke at home, but they also have to play Syracuse away. So I think those and Syracuse is tough. They're not one of the best teams, but that zone is tough. The Carrier Dome is tough to play in. Uh, Louisville is gonna their schedule is kind of backloaded as well because they play Virginia twice at the end of the year. They got Duke, Florida State, Virginia Tech, North Carolina still on their schedule. So. 
we're going to see how well they stack up. But right now, I think they're playing the third best in the country. Yeah. Or in the ACC, sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, I have no problems with that. Like, you know, I had no idea, really, we were talking about this. I didn't have any idea, like, how how good Louisville has been the past couple of weeks until Mm -hmm. we started looking at this in a little more detail. I'm like, yeah, they've lost a couple more games, but who do they lose to? Uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Marquette, all top 12 teams. Mm -hmm. They also had Indiana Pitt, but everyone kind of, you know, trips up some games here and there. And then Mm -hmm. wins against North Carolina and Michigan State is impressive. Like, they're an impressive-looking team right now. It's also interesting to look at the uh, how efficient they're playing in the ACC and... Uh, this is according to Kim Palm, but they they play um, very good defense. They they only allow ninety three point three points per one hundred possessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's second only to Virginia. And they also their offense is really good too. They are scoring one hundred twelve points per uh, points per one hundred possessions, which is third only behind Virginia and Virginia Tech. So they they are playing really well now. Of course, they have played some easy games. Uh, they did beat North Carolina, but I think it's interesting to see that compared to what they were at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. where they lost to, they've lost to some really good teams as well. They lost to Tennessee, Marquette, Indiana, Kentucky. But I think it's interesting to see how this team has grown over the course of the year. Yeah. I mean, they're a team that is way more on my nap, map now than they were two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Definitely. No doubt. Definitely. Um, And I want to talk about UNC schedule real quick because their schedule is unbalanced as you said, <laughs> they only have they have to play Virginia once, and they play them at home. Uh, they have to play Duke twice, uh, which sucks. But they play Syracuse at home. They played Virginia Tech at home, and they play Louisville twice uh, as well. Once at home, once on the road. Otherwise, uh, they play Florida State at home as well, and I think that's pretty unbalanced. Mm-hmm. To be fair, because those are some of the best teams, some of the most difficult teams to play in the ACC, and they're all at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's real, it's real. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to number five. My number five is Virginia Tech. Is that who you have? That's who I have as well. And I think Virginia Tech's playing a really good um, basketball right now. They lost a uh, really bad against Virginia and North Carolina, so two really ugly losses, but against two very good teams. Otherwise, they've really handled the lower competition so they've beaten notre dame boston college georgia tech wake forest and syracuse and the syracuse win coming last night uh really won they crushed them by 22 so Mm -hmm. it was a good game yeah and to me this is interesting because like you can look at rankings you can look at records Mm -hmm. and like college basketball is just so weird like kim palm is like kind of gospel like we, we just like kim palm and you look at the top five acc teams we've talked about and Kim Palm, Virginia's number one, Duke's number three, Louisville's 14, UNC's seven, Virginia Tech is ninth. So like our top five teams we just talked about are all in the top 14 in Kim Palm. Right. So ACT is just a good conference, man. Good. Mm-hmm. You, I don't know if it was as deep as we thought it was going to be mm-hmm. beginning in the season, but the top teams are there. Yeah. Yeah. The top teams are here. And I think Virginia Tech is one of them. You know, they, they haven't played the really good teams as well as they probably should have, Mm -hmm. but they do have some quality um, players. And, you know, Justin Robinson had a fantastic game last night against Syracuse. He had um, like over 30 points. Yeah. He's a terrific broke, broke the assist record for Virginia tech as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But their schedule also, they, they don't have a lot of, um, they have a lot of 
uh, room to get some good wins. They play at NC State. They play Louisville at home. They play Clemson away. They also play Duke at home, and they get Florida State away as well. So those are uh, some opportunities for some good wins for this team, um, especially going into the NCAA tournament in March. Th- this team's a lock for the NCAA tournament, I'd say, but it just depends on what their seeding is going to be because they could they could get a pretty high seed, I think, uh, depending on what they win. Yeah, over the course of the over the course and, of the ACC schedule, it, it does matter that people like them. You know, mm-hmm. they've they've struggled and they're still you know a top ten, top fifteen type team. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're a talented team, great shooting team, really you know, good shooting team, really athletic. Got some smart players. Their defense is not great, but that's okay because they have some really good. They play really good small ball, mm-hmm. so everyone on the court can shoot a three for them. And they really spread you out, yeah, which is tough. Like literally, right now, Virginia Tech is more of a basketball school than football. <laughs> so, like, it is what it is. Yeah, I don't know if they embrace that yet. I don't think but... they have. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I think after this top five is where things are going to start to get a little murkier. It's it a little tricky yeah, because from here this on is out. when you can start splitting hairs a little bit. And the mm-hmm. ACC is it's a big league, fifteen teams. It's bigger than most leagues. So, Dustin, who do you have as your number six team? I've got NC State. Okay. How about you? I have Syracuse. Interesting. Okay. Um, I have Syracuse as seven. Okay. I have NC State as seven. Okay. So, so we just keep flipping just back flipping, and forth. Flip flop. But I have NC State above Syracuse because I think they're playing better right now uh, compared to Syracuse. You know, Syracuse lost to Georgia Tech at home, mm-hmm. even though they, they did beat Duke uh, at Duke. Syracuse is weird because they play that zone. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to beat the zone if you don't know exactly what you're doing. And it's, it, Duke is a bunch of freshmen. Yeah. And so they're going to have a hard time against a tough zone like that. Uh, NC State, meanwhile, uh, plays really, really fast. They have really good offense. And I, I think they're exciting. They're they're fun to watch. And they could definitely beat some good teams. Uh, their schedule is also pretty backloaded. They have yet to play Virginia, Virginia Tech, Duke, uh, Syracuse. They lost on North Carolina pretty handily at home, too, by eight. So... They're they're okay. They're not a great team. They definitely have a chance to make the tournament. They're four, they're sixteen and four, so they only have four losses, mm-hmm. which is not bad. But they are only four and three in the conference. Yeah, but they're number thirty two in Kempom. Syracuse mm-hmm. is number thirty six right now, so very close together. And Syracuse is going to have an opportunity to move up and really pull some momentum together. You look at mm-hmm. their next four games: Boston College, Pittsburgh, Florida State. And then Boston College again before they ultimately play NC State on uh, February 13th. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those four games really could all be wins for Syracuse. And they have a chance to really try to start putting something together and kind of live up a little bit more to their preseason expectations. Sy- you know? Syracuse is probably the most frustrating team on this list because they lose to Georgia Tech at home by 14, which is bad. Mm-hmm. And then they go two days later. They beat Duke at Duke in overtime by four. Yeah. Uh, probably the most uh, confusing team I've ever watched. They also beat Miami and Pittsburgh, and then they go and lose to Virginia Tech by 22. So yeah. I, I don't know what to make of this team. That's why I have them lower than NC State, because they're, they are very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically returned all of their players from last year. Tyus Battle is one of the most dynamic players in the conference, but they it doesn't come out every night. And it's frustrating to watch because... You don't know what team is going to show up. Is this going to be the team that, you know, hits all their shots and hangs 95 on one of the best defenses Duke has ever had? Yeah. Or are they going to, 
<laughs> put up 59 against the Georgia <laughs> Tech team that is probably going to get a new head coach at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, they don't, some of their losses just aren't pretty. You know, they lost to Buffalo. They lost to ODU. Buffalo's good. ODU oh, is bad. True. That's true. ODU that's true. is bad. Yeah. They're just a weird team. I'm with you. Yeah. They're a weird a, team. So that's why I have them at seven, just because, you know, the, the 2 3 zone is, is wonky. It's hard to prepare for. Which is part of like what makes them good in the tournament. Yeah. But not to mention Bayheim's a good coach and they've got talented people. They're gonna be an eleven but... seed again. They're gonna upset a lot of people. <laughs> uh I hope they're not in our bracket. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah. It'll be an interesting game when we play them. We don't play them until uh March fourth. So yeah. we got some time. But... And we're we're at we're at them, right? Uh we're at Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah. That's so yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, it it'll be interesting and they're gonna have a lot of chances to make some noise. <laughs> that you know they also lost to yukon and oregon <laughs> you know two not great teams yeah. so that their schedule and their resume is almost as weird as south carolina yeah, it, at this yeah. Point. they're 14 and 6 overall but 5 and 2 in the acc yeah so like you know and they got blown out last night like yeah. tech took it to them mm-hmm. they're a weird team i still like them i i could split hairs i could see nc state above syracuse they, but like, they have I, a lot of room for improvement yeah that's all and i think looking at their schedule over the next couple of weeks i think we'll see mm-hmm. them kind of get on the map a little bit before they have they have some big showdowns coming up you know after they get past that four game stretch we talked about mm-hmm. they play north carolina state louisville duke and north, north carolina. carolina that's a tough four game so, stretch yeah away at north uh at nc state home against louisville home against duke and then uh, away at North Carolina that's coming three days after they play Duke so, so you know for their sake hopefully they take care of business now because they're mm-hmm. gonna a lot's gonna be revealed about them when they when that stretch comes yeah up. yeah so let's move on I we both agree Syracuse is probably the most average team in the ACC <laughs> and you're next in, you're out next I have Florida State okay I think I have Florida State here too I was okay. going back and forth here between Florida State and Georgia Tech. Okay. So, oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. Georgia Tech is weird to me. And let's talk. We'll talk about them. All right. So Georgia, I'll put Florida State next. I have Georgia Tech way lower than you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, let's talk about Florida State. Okay. So we'll we'll say Florida State's my number eight team. Okay. I didn't actually make that decision until just now. Until now. So okay. <laughs> Florida State's my number eight team. Let's talk about Florida State. Florida State is interesting to me because they are only two and four in the ACC. Their two wins come against Miami. Uh, who is having an off year because of some eligibility issues, and Clemson, who I think is also better than their record shows. Um, they have four losses to Virginia. They got crushed until they uh, decided to play a little bit uh, at the end. Mm-hmm. And then Duke, and they lost by two at home to Duke uh, on that buzzer beater. You know, Florida State probably should have won that game. Yeah, uh, I don't know what Leonard Hamilton does he has a bad record at the in close games yeah, at the end. There's they're another weird team. They're another weird team. Uh they also lost at Pitt and at BC. Um they lost to Pitt by 13 and they lost to BC by 5. This team is really athletic. They have some really good players, probably some players who are going to play in the NBA. Um but for some reason they are they have not been able to put it together in the ACC schedule. Um they were really highly regarded at the beginning of the year, they beat Florida right off the bat by 21. But Florida has proved to be a bad team. They mm-hmm. lost to Villanova. They beat Purdue. Um, and besides that, they didn't really do anything else in the non-conference schedule. And so I think that they were overrated a little bit coming in here. And it's shown because they've lost to some good teams and they've lost to some bad teams as well. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're weird because I think I was telling you about this. I was driving home late one night. 
it was probably like 12, 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I was just listening to like late night sports talk radio. And some guy was on there, like clearly had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> but he was giving his NCAA college basketball like teams to watch come March. And this was mm-hmm. still when like Florida State was like still ranked. I think they had fallen down into like the mid teens or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, yeah, like Florida State, like you don't want to face these guys. Like they're big, they're long, veteran coach. I'm like, well, isn't that what they are every year yeah and like they they kind of got exposed once acc play started mm-hmm. still a dangerous team i think well like, they are they are long they are athletic they don't shoot very well uh they get most of their points in the paint and their defense is just based on how athletic they are yeah um they, they're interesting they they've played the two toughest teams in the conference already and they won't have to play either of them again which is really good they do play unc away and they play virginia tech at home so they've also played syracuse away but the rest of the schedule, um, oh, Louisville at home, sorry. The rest of the schedule, they, they should be able to get some wins and hopefully uh, get into the tournament because I think this is a tournament team. I think they can uh, surprise some people they in did March. Last year. They did last year, certainly. But, you know, it's up to, you know, them and mm-hmm. who shows up. Once again, this is a team that is on and off at different times. Yeah, a good take. All right, so who do you have as your number nine team? I have I have Clemson. Okay, and that might surprise you because I have Clemson lower. They're one and five. Yeah, right now. Yeah, let's talk about Clemson then. Okay, Clemson I think is way better than their record. Their record is highly, highly front loaded. Eleven and eight, one and five in conference. They uh, lost to Duke, lost to Syracuse, lost to Virginia, beat Georgia Tech, lost to Florida State, lost to NC State. Those are uh out of that six five of them are really good teams mm-hmm. um or at least difficult to play in conference and they the rest of their schedule the only teams that are left that are really pose any threat are virginia tech they play at home miami they play away louisville they play away florida state they play at home and north carolina they play at home they also play syracuse again um this team this is a team that uh had a good non-conference schedule or pretty good at least uh they lost to nebraska they lost to mississippi state they also lost to creighton mm-hmm. um they didn't really beat anyone and they've hit acc schedule and they've kind of fallen off a little bit just because of that really front-loaded piece uh i think they're better than that because they really haven't gotten uh blown out by anyone except for virginia and duke um 1a 1b yeah 1a 1b and they've played everyone else pretty close so i'm looking to see if they can get forward a little bit i think they're better than what their record shows and they're probably not going to make the tournament just because they are already 11 and 8 and there's a lot of the acc left but you know i don't know i I think that they play better than what their record is yeah i mean that makes sense and it's funny because I'm actually kind of using like the reverse of your logic mm-hmm. where I put Georgia Tech at nine. Okay. Because I see Georgia Tech and I see a team that of the bottom tier teams in the league, they have the most wins in the ACC. Now, granted, their wins aren't great right mm-hmm. now. They have beat Wake Forest, Syracuse, and Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, but they also, we saw play Duke tough the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, they've lost to Tennessee. They uh, played Virginia Tech pretty close. That was only mm-hmm. 52-49. I don't think Georgia Tech is necessarily the ninth best team in the league, yeah. but I think right now, given who they've played and where they stand, I, I don't, I'm not, uh, I don't know. I like, I just don't watch a lot of like lower tier ACC basketball. Yeah. Like I just don't. So like what I see with Georgia Tech is kind of where I put them right now at yeah. number nine. And you know, 
it would not surprise me at all if when we end the season they're number 12 or 13 mm-hmm. but right now i see them as number nine yeah okay that's fair i i have george Zick lower just because of they're bad yeah <laughs> but i, I, I don't can, like we have the reverse logic so i have clemson as number 12 yeah i can see that clemson you know, clemson's not good either yeah you know? and they're certainly not a team that is uh, they were supposed to be much better this year yeah uh they haven't been they they have good players but they haven't been able to put it together especially in acc season um let's move on to the next one i've got bc next okay i've pit next okay um i had bc above pit because of who they who they play and who they've played and who they have yet to play. Okay. Uh, once again, BC's had a really front loaded schedule. They uh played Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Louisville and Florida State um all in the first, you know, couple weeks of ACC season. Uh they have yet to play Duke or UNC. Uh but I think that this team is really good. I really like Kai Bowman. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's awesome. He's an amazing player and I think he's one of those people who you know, if BC was to make the tournament, they probably won't. They're already eleven and seven, but he's someone who could definitely make some noise because of his ability to score mm-hmm. and just of how dynamic he is. You know, he had a really, really tough shot against Wake Forest yesterday uh, to win. He was off balance, being probably being fouled to uh, hit a tough three with like ten seconds left. So mm-hmm. he he's a dynamic player. I really like him, and I think I think BC they're not playing great basketball right now, but they have some. Um, ability to make some noise in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, Boston College, they lost five in a row, and now they've got two in a row now at least. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a chance, you know, maybe they surprise Syracuse, you know. We'll see kind of how they go. For me, Pitt, you know, Jim Beheim said this week that he thinks, what, Jeff Capel has done mm-hmm. the best coaching job of any coach in the ACC right now, which... Chris Mack, I would say, is better than uh, Yeah, looking which at Je- this Jeff Capel is a second. Yeah, second. no, I mean, what he's done, what both of them has done is really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chris Mack on a little bit of a bigger stage, mm-hmm. but, you know, Pitt was awful last year. Yeah. They were terrible. Really they were bad. awful. And, you know, I don't know how much I like this Coach K coaching tree kind of expanding into mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and the ACC, but... You know, I I like what they've done so far. And it's also worth mentioning. So Boston College is 106, I think, in mm-hmm. Kempom right now. Pitt's number 65. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know. Like, it, again, I don't have a great feel for them. I don't think I've watched them play yet, quite frankly. Like, I just haven't. But, like, what I see, what I read, and just kind of, like, the improvement they've made, I'll give them the uh, number 10 spot. Pitt, Pitt was my 11 spot. Yeah, Boston College was my 11. So I think that... You know, right now, Pitt, and this kind of goes, you know, I could be convinced to switch, actually, because Boston, or Pitt's played a tough, also a really tough schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've beaten Louisville and Florida State so far, but they've also lost to UNC, NC State, Syracuse, Duke, and Louisville. So, really, really tough schedule so far for them. Uh, Their schedule is definitely front-loaded. They have yet to play us. Uh, They play us away as well, so probably a loss for them but they have a lot of um ability to get some more wins and we'll see you know they're a good team jeff cables seems to be a good coach he can definitely recruit yeah uh, right that's now. for certain and so hopefully you know they can make some noise it'll be interesting to see uh next year especially when cable has more of uh, his guys and his players and mm-hmm. he can recruit a little bit more because i think that'll be really interesting to see no, I mean, that's an interesting experiment up there for sure. Because, like, they have been good before Pitt. And then they, mm-hmm. like, fell off the map. And there's no reason they can't rise back up well, again. Well, it was with Jamie Dixon. Jamie Dixon is a really good coach. Yeah. Uh, he's doing really good things at TCU right now. Uh, Kevin Stallings was kind of the worst thing that <laughs> Pitt has ever done 
it just destroyed them. And now Jeff Cable has to kind of rebuild everything. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how he does that. And so far, he's doing a good job. Yeah. And he's he, got he's got the fan base back. Uh, the students are really into it. And he's had some really, really tough games so far. But, you know, he is the room to improve. So I think, I think Pitt can make some noise. I don't think they're playing great right now, but they can later. Yeah. All right, so I have Clemson as 12. We've kind of already talked about Clemson. I do. You I Georgia Tech as 12. All right, so we've kind of already talked about mm. both those teams. So I, I don't think Georgia Tech's any good. I don't think all. they're really that good either, but I just have to give them the benefit of the doubt right now. They the, won three ACC games. Their wins right now are Syracuse, Wake Forest, and Notre Dame. Yeah. No, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm and giving they, them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about number... 13 okay. which i guess we agree on the bottom three teams we'll see in which order we agree mm-hmm. i have notre dame as number 13 i have miami okay i had miami as 14 and i'm giving miami a little bit of a break here because they are going through some eligibility issues with uh duan hernandez uh, formerly known as duan huel he uh he's not been able to play and so they are nine and nine without him one and five in acc play really had a tough go of things and they haven't even you know they their one win is against wake Mm-hmm. who is I have lower than that. <laughs> um, they've played NC State, Louisville, Florida State, North Carolina, and Syracuse. So, But their schedule really doesn't get any easier. You know, They still play Florida State, Virginia Tech, Virginia. They play North Carolina. They play Duke. And they play Virginia Tech again. So it's they've got a tough go of things. They're going to have a tough time in the ACC this year. Uh, they might finish last just based on their schedule. Yeah. And they're, they're not playing good. This is definitely an off year for Laranaga. Um, I really like Chris Likes. He's a fun player to watch. He's, you know, Kihei Clark sized. He's been around for a while, hasn't he? I feel um, like he's been around for a while. I don't know. He I don't know. is a sophomore. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah. So, I mean, you only we only know him from last yeah. year because he torched <laughs> us last year. Maybe that's one thing. Yeah. That. But, you know, he's he's definitely their best player. He's shooting about 35% from three, uh, 52% from the field, 80% from the line. Uh, he's a good player. He's only 5'7", mm-hmm. so he's really fun-sized, 157. So he's kind of a little bowling ball type of guy. Uh, he can really – he's fast. He's quick. Mm-hmm. He can get you off the dribble. So he's good. I like watching him. But other than that, I don't find any reason to watch Miami. There's yeah. nothing great going on with them right now. And uh, they're not going to make the tournament. Uh, they're playing pretty bad right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm 100% with you. I give the slight edge to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame's dealt with some injuries. They also just don't have kind of the star power they used to. Notre Dame's my my 14th. Team. Yeah, like I almost feel for Notre Dame just because like where they were like two or three years ago compared mm-hmm. to where they are now. Like they had some really good players leave, graduate. They had their better players get hurt this season. Mike Bray, I still think, is a good coach. Mike Bray's like, a really good coach, and he had a really good stretch of uh, years in the ACC uh, they had he had Rex Fluger this year, but he, uh, he got hurt. Um, I think right as ACC uh play started, so mm-hmm. they're one in six so far with their one win coming over Boston College. So far, they've lost to Tech, uh, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Georgia Tech, and Virginia. So not a good start, not a great start not at all. Not to mention he has to play Duke on Monday Duke tomorrow on Monday. for us. Yeah. That's a tough go. Things we were talking about this yesterday. Virginia and then Duke both at home. Yeah, which is good, but. Not a great thing for your players. <laughs> um, they they're uh, they were a really good player. John Mooney. He's a six nine junior. He shoots forty five percent from three, fifty five percent from the floor, and eighty percent from the line. He's a really good player, and he uh, had a good game against us yesterday. We had a tough time stopping him. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, you know, uh, Fluger. 
you know, he's, he'll come back next year because I think he's going to get a hardship waiver. But besides that, uh, they don't really have that many players. They, I think they're pretty young, too. They have a lot of juniors, a lot of freshmen that get a lot of time. So they'll be, they'll be okay next year. They'll be better, certainly. Mm-hmm. It's an off year for Mike Bray where they just got to rebuild a little bit. Yeah. Um, but they're no good this year. Yeah, which brings us to number 15, Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Let's just talk about how dramatically bad they are compared to the rest of the ACC. Okay. So Boston College is the second lowest rated team in Ken Palm at 106. Wake Forest is the lowest at number 168. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's a 60 team gap there between yeah. them and everyone else. They are 8 and 11, 1 and 6 in conference. Only ACC team with a losing record overall. Uh, they're just not good. They're not good, and they're not going to get any better this year. Danny Manning, you know, I, I liked him when he first started. Mm-hmm. I had a couple good years, but I, I think this might be it for him. And there, there's just, you know, not many good things happening in Wake Forest. I, I used to like it when Wake was good, you know, yeah. uh, because it wasn't just Duke and UNC and NC State. It was also Wake. Wake used, has a very good history of basketball. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't been shown mm-hmm. in recent years. And... uh they they don't have really any great losses. They did beat NC State. Yeah, which the one is ACC good. one. One ACC one, but they've lost to Duke, Georgia Tech, Miami, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Boston College yeah, as well. Yeah, so like they've lost to the good teams. They lost to the bad teams. <laughs> they've lost like... to everyone, really. <laughs> and it's not going to get any easier for them. Certainly, they play Louisville, UNC again. Uh, they do have to. Uh, they have to play Duke again as well. So it's going to be a bad run for for Wake and. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what happens and and uh, after the season ends, if Danny Manning stays again or if he's gone. Um, you know, they they don't they they have a lot of young players. They don't really play any seniors mm-hmm. uh, at all. There's a lot of freshmen. Their best players are freshmen, Jalen Horde. Um, but you know, I, there's nothing much to say about Wade. Yeah, one thing that I think is kind of funny. So Kim Palms. Giving them two more wins for the rest of the season, they're mm-hmm. saying they'll finish ten and twenty. But they're individually they're projecting losses for each of their final games. So like ten, <laughs> eleven in a row, just straight loss. The highest winning percentage they have right now is forty four percent when they play home against Miami. Oh god, uh, they have a one percent shot away at Duke. So it's not looking pretty for Wake Forest in it's this. Probably season. less than one percent. Yeah, round up maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think. Um... I think it's interesting. I think what the other interesting thing to point out is that there are four teams right now with one loss, and there's four teams right now with one win. Yeah, and and there's a bunch of teams in the middle with just a bunch of stuff happening to them. Um, it, there's a lot. Of, there's three really kind of clear tiers right now, and you know you've got Virginia, Duke, Louisville, North Carolina, uh, with the top four with the four buys right now. If we're looking to ACC tournament time, mm-hmm. that would those would be your four buys. And the bottom half is Clemson, Miami, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, uh, the four worst teams so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a – and then the rest of them are just kind of in the middle. You've got Virginia Tech, Syracuse, North Carolina State, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Boston College, Pittsburgh. Th- there's really three yeah, clear tiers right now. I think that's accurate. I think you can put Virginia Tech in the top Yeah, I would say too. Virginia Tech, you can make the argument it's up there. And I think, I think we'll see more shuffling in the middle tier. Mm-hmm. I think the top ones are kind of set. I think UVA Duke will be one, two – throughout ACC play mm-hmm. I think Louisville and North Carolina are kind of right there behind them I don't know if Virginia Tech will or can sneak up but it's a possibility 
you know, the bad teams are going to stay bad. It's really, we might see some shuffling in the middle there, which might determine mm-hmm. how many seeds in the tournament we get. I'm looking but. I'm looking for Florida State to jump up a little bit. I'm looking for NC State to jump up a little bit. I think Syracuse, they, they'll probably stay around where they're right now. They're sixth in the conference. Uh, Georgia Tech will fall, I think. I think Boston College will fall as well. And Pittsburgh might jump up a little bit. So we'll see what happens. You know, we're only about a third of the way through ACC play. Mm-hmm. So a lot, a lot of games left to be played. But right now... This is what Rob and I think are the uh, the best and the worst teams in the ACC. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think it's now is a good time to get that proxy because like mm-hmm. we're in the meat of conference play. Like we've kind of seen who's for real and who isn't for real. So mm-hmm. you know, there's gonna be some shuffling, but I feel pretty comfortable looking at this right now and saying like I have a pretty good feel of the ACC after mm-hmm. do- going through this. Yeah, I do too. Um, but with that, I think that's all we have for ACC power rankings. You know, this is definitely not, we're not correct by any <laughs> means, but this is who we think is playing the best right now. Uh, the the standings are a little bit different than what we said, but other than that, I think this is who's playing good, who's not playing well, mm-hmm. and where they go from here. So with that, I think we're going to give some yells. So Rob, do you want to start off with your yell? Yeah, let's do it. I want to give mine to Juan Thornhill, who... You know, it could have had a really, really good yell. Now it's, mm-hmm. a, it's just kind of an okay yell right now. But uh, he dropped an interception of Daniel Jones in the Senior Bowl, <laughs> which, God, if he could have made that interception, just Daniel Jones just can never avoid UVA. Someone asked him, I can't remember if it was Instagram or Twitter, someone asked him, like, like, what division do you hope you play at in the NFL? And his response was, like, the opposite one of Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Like, Daniel Jones probably thinks the same thing. Like, Juan Thornhill wants to pick him off. You know, Daniel Jones wants to avoid him. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just love that we're so in the head right now of Daniel Jones, yeah. whether whether it's true or not. And then a bonus, a bonus yell, I guess, we'll give to Tim Harris, another uh-huh. UVA defensive back who has been performing quite well in uh, his pre-draft workouts and obviously didn't quite have the career he wanted at UVA, even though it spanned six years, not quite the career he wanted, but really started to put it together towards the end. And, uh, you know, he might get drafted now. If he doesn't get mm-hmm. drafted, he's going to get a shot at someone's camp, yeah. you know, in the NFL after drafts. So, you know, best of luck to both those guys. Juan Thornhill is a guy I'm excited about, though, in the NFL. He can be a real playmaker. Yeah, uh, I'll be interested to see where he goes in the draft. Uh, my shout-out goes, I've got a couple. One goes to UVA. I'm giving Yale to UVA because dear old UVA turned 200 years old uh, last week. And happy birthday to UVA. That was great. Uh, I'm giving a yell to all the new students who just got accepted early decision. Uh, happy for them, class of 2023. Uh, a lot of new fans coming in, so hopefully they will have some good success in basketball going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks that way. It looks with the recruiting class coming in and who we have right now. Uh, I think we're here to stay, which is amazing. Uh, final yell. Uh, goes out to us guys and ties podcast we turned six months old Aww. last week and we wanted to thank all the listeners for helping us out we just did this for fun um over the summer and we kind of we didn't know where it would go and we kept doing it this is our 25th episode so thank you to everyone who's listening and supported us and uh we really appreciate it so we're, we'll keep going as long as y'all keep listening <laughs> But with that, I think that's it. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Snapchat and Instagram at Guys and Ties Pod. Follow us on uh, iTunes and Podbean if you want to keep hearing Rob and I. And we'll see you guys next week. Go who's baby.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.